Live from South Florida. The Brian Mudd Show starts right now. Now, now. News Radio 610 WIOD. Today we are awaiting the autopsy results of the body that's believed to be Gabby Petito. It was found over the weekend in Wyoming and investigators say it matches Gabby's description, but we don't yet have 100% forensic confirmation or a cause of death. And we also don't know the whereabouts of her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, who is still the only named person of interest in Gabby's disappearance. All right, hey there. If you are an insomniac, if you really struggle with, with sleep, screw the pills. You just take that Biden UN speech and you put that thing on a loop and be set up for some sweet action for that night. I tell you, whew, man. All right. Now, back to this case. It's taken so many turns. And today is the day that we expect results. The body that was found in Grand Teton National Park, believed to be that of Gabby Petito. Yesterday, of course, you had the house, the laundry house that was declared a crime scene by the FBI. Lots of developments there. Here to talk about this, South Florida's own Mark Iglarsh. Of course, he's an author, big personality, trial attorney. You can go to speaktomark.com and get all set up with Mark. And we got him right now. Your read on where we sit in this case right now. Okay, so let me preface this by saying, as a criminal defense attorney, he enjoys the presumption of innocence, and I can't say that he's done anything wrong. All right, we've got that out of the way. Now let's talk about how I really feel, Um, and that is, or personally, um, there's only one reason why a person would withstand all this public scrutiny and scorn and not come out with a theory consistent with potential innocence, and that is because there's no theory that he can advance or his attorney can advance that would either help him or his parents, who right now have people metaphorically with pitchforks outside of their houses, yelling and screaming um, for justice. So I think he was involved. I don't know that we're ever going to see him alive again. And I think that the autopsy is going to show that this was homicide. I think that is a fair read all the way around. And I'm working on something else because obviously there's justice that's desired all the way around. So let's say that what you just laid out is the eventual conclusion That is evidence here. Then suddenly you take a look at the parents, and there's been as much outrage, arguably, over their silence and their potential for aiding and abetting. And so I pulled the Florida statute on aiding and abetting, you know, principle Mm -hmm. in the first degree. And from my amateur legal understanding, I think there's potentially a case that could be made here that they aided and abetted under Florida law. Your take? The answer is yes assuming the facts are as you and I both see them. If they did anything to assist him, knowing that he uh, did commit some type of crime, um, but, you know, the defense will be, um, you know, we talked to our son and he wouldn't tell us. We looked in his eyes. We thought that maybe something was up, um, but we didn't know. It depends on what they knew, when they knew it. And if they lawyer up, it will be difficult for the prosecution to prove a case against them. In the grand scheme of proving beyond reasonable doubt, how difficult are those types of cases? Against the parents we're talking? That's right. It's not difficult if you can get one or both of the parents talking. You just need them to lock into 
well, yes, we knew because he indicated that, you know, something horrible had happened and he pushed her and she fell and or he hit her or whatever. Once you've got them locked in to knowing, not possibly knowing because that's speculative, it's not proof beyond a reasonable doubt, but once you know that they know and then they're assisting him in any way, you've got a solid case beyond a reasonable doubt. Speaking to attorney Mark Iglarsh, speaktomark.com, the website. I found it interesting the sisters take in all of this. Pretty clearly, early on, she wanted to distance herself from the parents and certainly from her brother. She's been the only one who's been willing to come publicly with any kind of information. She does live separately. and I mean, I guess that's part of it. What do you make of, of what she has said thus far and her place in all this? She's being a reasonable human being. I would do the same thing. If someone from my family uh, did something potentially nefarious, I would want to go on and say, listen, don't protest me. Don't make me the bad person. I, I, you know, I don't know what happened here, but, but I, you know, don't, don't lump me into this, you know? That makes sense. And so, you know, the, we get the report today. Based upon the findings there, from a legal perspective, what's the next step? This is everything. So far, this is the this is the Super Bowl of the case. What does the autopsy show? Where are the alleged marks? What caused her death? The cause of the manner is huge. Theoretically, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but theoretically, what if they said it was a suicide? So he doesn't speak. He doesn't say anything because he's distraught. And he just wanted to walk away from, from that. I, again, people are rolling their eyes. I don't think it happened like that either. But we've got to see what's there. But suicide could have happened. It could have been accidental. But most likely when they say homicide, you then see like, okay, well, what are, what are the marks on the body? Are these multiple stab wounds? Is this one bang over the head? If so, okay, the defense sits, they wait, they read the report, they see what the evidence is. And then when he finally speaks, assuming he's alive and assuming they bring him to trial, you'll hear him carve out a reasonable hypothesis of innocence. Oh, there's one big blunt force trauma on the back of her head. It's because she was coming at me. I pushed her. She tripped. She fell backwards. And then, boom, she banged her head. Well, and Mark, you know, one of the other dynamics as we await to see what happens here, you know, when I'm not on the beach, I love being in the mountains and I love to hike. And you know, there, you let's say that they were actually just kind of hiking or something. I mean, if, if right. you just kind of shove somebody, there's not going to be likely any kind of physical uh, you know, sign that that would be revealed in a report under that type of scenario. If everybody else stayed silent, could that just kind of be the end of the story? It, it could be. Again, believing in the court of public opinion that he's guilty is not proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Even in a court of law, he's probably guilty. He's 100 percent most likely guilty. Doesn't get you there. And since he's not speaking and likely will never speak about what happened, um, this body has to speak for the uh, for Gabby. The body needs to tell us what happened or what most likely happened. And that's why today is huge. Mark Iglarsh, speaktomark.com is the website. Mark, thank you so much for the insight. Always appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for everything you do, Brian. Take care. You got it. All right. We'll be right back at the Brian Mudd Show. News Radio 610 WIOD. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones 
who get it done.